I don't know, but I have an unusual joy of Jesus in my heart this morning. And I tell you, such an excitement can only be an indication of what God is about to do. If you know that today is your own day for a divine visitation, lift your hands and let's celebrate the King of Kings. Because today, anything that represents frustration is going to be over forevermore. Today, the power of God is going to reign mightily upon our lives. Today, whatever is called barren shall be exceedingly fruitful. Now let's bless the Lord and thank Him for the glorious thing He has prepared for us in this service. Let's thank Him for the glorious things He has prepared for us in this service. He has entered the kitchen for us before we came. And He has prepared wonderful meal. Sumptuous meal. Something that is going to bring joy to our hearts. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Jesus, for what you have prepared. Thank you for what you have prepared for us. Lift your voice and bless it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 105, verse 17 says, Hear this now. He sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for his servants, whose feet they ought with fetters. He was laid in iron. Verse 19. Until the time that his word came. The word of the Lord tried him. They were able to put him in fetters of iron, bound him 
down. But the day his word came, no fetters of chain could keep him in that prison anymore. Because his word now has come. Someone also said, he sent his word and his word healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Luke chapter 1 said, And the word of the Lord came unto Mary, You shall be fruitful, you shall bear a son and be fruitful. That means the day our word came, our barrenness ended. Today, lift your voice and say, Father, let my word come in this service. I'm expecting my own word in this service. The word that will usher me out of barrenness, usher me to my new level, bring me out of every prison. Lord, I send my word in today's service. Lift your voice and pray for yourself. Lord, today I am expecting my own word. I am expecting my turnaround word. I am expecting my liberation word. I am expecting my word of fruitfulness. I am expecting my word, Father. Send my word in this service. I am expecting my right word. I am expecting my sent word. I am expecting my word of healing and deliverance into this service. Lord, thank you because today my word shall come to me. My word is coming. My word is coming. My word is coming. And I shall not be left out. In Jesus' name we have prayed. So Father, I thank you because today is a day of divine appointment. And your people will not miss their word. Both online and offline, none shall miss their visitation today. This is the hour of your breaking. The moment of fruitfulness. The season of increase and multiplication. Now, Lord, I thank you because today none shall be left out of this visitation. There shall not be any that will not be called fruitful after this service. I thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Shout a resounding amen. Amen. Shout a fire-raised amen. You may please be seated on top of your enemies. Today is the last Sunday of Operation Content and Possess Your Territory. I thought Jesus deserved a round of applause. I'm excited because God has made us fruitful. We fought, and although officially the the operation is ending today, but it still continues. Because contending and possessing our territory is a mandate that we must all continuously fight for. But in this season, I bless the Lord because if there is anyone that is yet to possess their territory for Christ, today the end of the matter is better than the beginning. So you see us today in all the fellowship centers to make sure that today, by the time we are assembling for the inland deliverance service, your territory are arriving here in mass by 5 p.m. today. Isn't that a good way to end that? So by five, and today is our first healing and deliverance service for the year. Hallelujah. Those who are here on Friday, 
could testify to the glory of God. And I said, today, we are, this evening, we are expecting more. I said, we are expecting what? More. There shall be more of his blessings. So we are looking forward to great harvest of souls, both in this service, morning service, and in the evening service. Because we are not going to leave the slightest territory for the devil to take over. Not even the smallest territory over in our area. All shall be taken over. Say with me, all shall be taken over. Are you with me, somebody? Also, from Monday, month of March, we are entering into our cell replication month. Our cell replication month. Because that is the season where all our fellowship centers now are going to be replicated. Yesterday, God gave us over 50 people were reached yesterday, over 50. Over 50. In fact, our call center team were overwhelmed. Our backdoor ministry were overwhelmed with calls. They could not reach all the people. I told them when we were coming this morning, I said, I guess you guys are not expecting such an harvest. I still, I'm, I'm still asking them to collate all the numbers. So there is much work for us to, to do. Following people up, some are already in the field, compelling them to come to service this morning. If you have anybody you have reached yesterday, immediately the first service is finishing, get them on the phone, rush down there, make sure that by all means, all your contacts, all your converts, all your invitees, they all arrive for today's service in the morning. And anyone that missed the morning service should not miss the evening service. Hallelujah, somebody. So we are doing all... To the glory of God. Now, next month, I said, month of March that is starting on Monday, is our cell replication month. Is our cell replication month. And you know, 4th of April is our first quarter chapel award night. It's going to be bigger, greater. Oh, I, I don't know why you're all not celebrating. Because a lot is changing. <laughs> it's the biggest chapel award night you are going to have. Uh, even more than the one we have once in a year. Because it coincides with Easter, where we celebrate the birth, uh, the, the death of Jesus Christ and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I mean, so a lot is happening this season. Amen. Now, cell replication. Why is it important? Why is cell replication important? What is what is cell? Church in the house. In Acts chapter two, verse forty-six, the Bible says, "And they continued daily with one accord in the temple." And breaking bread from house to house, and did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. They continued in the temple, and they went from house to house, having communion, having communion, breaking bread from house to house. So they were having church in the house. And do you know one thing? The devil made Saul to rise up to attack the church in the house. The devil said, no, this thing they have started, you could see the future of it. You know, the devil can tell when something is going to be great. So he decided to go all out, using Saul to attack it. In Acts chapter 8 verse 3, the Bible says, and for, as for Saul, he made havoc of the church. Which church is this? Entering into every house. And alien men and women committed them to prison. Saul began to enter into every house. Because he realized that the power out of the church was not in the temple alone, but in the houses of the people. He began to enter into their houses. 
So Jesus, when Jesus appeared to Paul, saw them, he said, So, so, why are you persecuting me? Why are you persecuting me? Now you would have thought that the church in the house was not powerful. But Jesus said, The place as you are entered from their house to their house, arrested them, he said, you are, It is me that you are persecuting. It is me that you are persecuting. Why? Because it is the great. The grace of God on the central church, the temple church, the grace of God on the altar is the same grace of God in those altars that were raised in those houses. The same God that was in the altar in the temple, is on the altar in the temple, it was the same grace that was working in those houses. The houses became a place where Jesus was recognizing. Because in Matthew chapter 18 verse 20, he said, when two or three are gathered together, two or three, two or three. Now, if he was only referring to the temple church, on the day of Pentecost, over 3,000 came to Christ. So that means that Jesus was not going to be there. So he was still referring to the temple church when he said, where two or three or more are gathered together, in my name. There am I in their midst. Jesus himself founded the church in the house. Jesus who is the founder, the initiator uh, the, of the church in the house. And where two or three, he put himself, he had over 5,000 people at the time. He fed over 5,000, remember? At the point he fed 3,000. But yet he said, where two or three are gathered together in my name. In my name. When we don't value the home church, when we don't value the cell church, when we don't value the church in the house, we are not valuing even what Jesus has just started. It's not man's idea, it's Christ's idea. So when Paul, when Saul began to attack the churches in the house, Jesus had to arrest him. Saul, why are you persecuting me? Why are you persecuting the churches in the house? Say, who are you, Lord? Say, I am Jesus, who you are persecuting. Because each time you enter into those houses, you are coming to attack me. And when Saul realizes, Paul realizes, when he got converted, he became a master church, home church planter. He became a specialist in planting churches in the house. If you read a lot of his letters, he was addressing it to the churches in the house. Romans chapter 16 verse 5 says, Likewise, this is now Paul writing, Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. Salute my well-beloved Epinitus, who is the first foot of Achai, unto Christ. So, even Paul himself now began to plant churches in the houses of people. So, they greet the church that is in their house. First Corinthians chapter 16 verse 19 says, the church of Asia salutes you. 1 Corinthians 16, 19. The churches of Asia salute you. Aquila and Priscilla salute you much in the Lord. With the church that is in their house. With the church that is in their house. With the church that is in their house. So you began to plant churches in the house. And listen to me, the breakthrough began to happen. What is the advantage of having a church in your house? Number one, you replicate the grace of God on the te- in the temple in your own house. You replicate the grace of God in the temple in your own house. The same grace that is operated on the altar in, in the temple will begin to operate in that place. 
When people are getting healed here, your place, will, your home will become a place of healing. If people are getting saved in the Tenza Temple, your place will become a place of salvation. The same testimony that is being shared, your place become a center, your houses become a center for testimonies. The same power of God that is turning people's life around for the better will begin to turn things around for the better in your house. Because Jesus said, I am also there. Matthew 18, 20 said, I am also there. So, it is a way of carrying the coal, the coal that has the fire from the altar to your own house. You are carrying the fire from the altar to your house. The same anointing will be there. The same anointing will be there. The same anointing will be there. Don't deprive yourself of this great benefit. Don't deprive yourself. The second good thing that accompanies the church in the house is that the blessings of the Lord will begin to rain upon you. The blessings of God will be multiplied. Now, 2 Samuel chapter 16, verse 11 to 12. And the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. And it was told King David, saying, The Lord had blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that pertained unto him, because, they knew why, because of the ark of God. Because of the ark of God. In three months, everything began to change. The devils that were there before, they vacated. The thing that made Obedidon not to be recognized, so much so that when they saw that something was killing, had killed somebody, they said, if there is anybody that needed to die, let it, let it be the household of that man. So the thing that made Obedidon house a center of death, the, whatever made the house of Obedidon a mortuary, that made people that say that let whatever anything that is killing people take it to the house of that man, let them go and die because that place is known to be a mortuary. Nothing good comes out of that house. All of a sudden, a mortuary that turns to sanctuary becomes a place of blessing. A house that nothing was working became a place that something began to work. Why? They said the only thing that could make this. Those devils to vacate the house of this man is because of the ark of God. You see, anywhere people gather to praise God cannot be a place for devils to reign. Anywhere people gather, two or three gather to praise God, no devil is permitted to reign there. Because how beautiful are the feet of them that publish good tidings. How beautiful are the feet of them that publish good tidings. So when people's feet are gathered together in your house, then there cannot be feet that will come and gather to mourn with you. Because the good news feet is what it is called. Only good news will always come into the house. Because the gospel is called good news. The gospel is called good news. So when people gather... So share the good news of the gospel in your house. How can a bad news then come into the house? You cannot start two masters. Good news cannot be produced and bad news at the same time. Good and bad cannot come from the same factory. Only one is allowed. Only one is allowed. If you turn your business house to a place of fellowship, let me see the devil that wants to run that, that business. Because how beautiful are the seeds. 
of them that bringeth good tidings. That bringeth good tidings. In this season of self-replication, open your house for good news. Open your business centers for good news. Open your office for good news. Tell them, let them bring the feet of good news to my house. Let them bring the feet of good news to my business center. Let them bring the feet of good news to my office. The, the gospel is called good news. So any bad news that is there will turn to good. Because good news feet has come. Now let me say this. When the fellowship comes to your house, the ark of God comes to your house, you must have the right attitude. It is possible for you to host a fellowship in your house, a church in your house, and never see any of the blessings. Why? You lack the understanding of what is happening. So for instance, when the ark of God entered into your house, you must give it reverence. Now my house or my office now is a place of worship, and you recognize it and treat it with that honor. So he said, let us arrange the chair. Let's arrange the chair. It's not time for me to, for us to begin to move around. It's not time for us to move around. It's not, please, everybody, let's sit down now. The ark of God is here. We are gathered now. This is even though this is the same city room we used to play, but now this is the ark of God. When you have the right attitude, you usher in the right blessing. There's a man called Abinadab in First Samuel chapter seven verse one. He had the same ark of God in his house for over twenty years. Look at it. First Samuel chapter 7 from verse 1. And first Samuel chapter 7 from verse 1. And the men of Kijah, Tyrion, came and fetched up the ark of the Lord and brought it into the house of Abinadab in the hill and started by Eliada his son to keep the ark of the Lord. And it came to pass while the ark abode in Kijah, Tyrion, that the, the time was long, for it was 20 years. 20 years. He became a, 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 his house became a center for 20 years, and yet no one same testimony was said. No single blessing was said of him. Nothing was said that happened. Yet Obedidon hosted the same ark for three months, and there was a turnaround. What happened? What was the difference between Abinadab and Obedidon? Say with me, attitude. Tell me attitude. One saw it as a point of reference. He treated it accordingly. The other it saw it as anything. So you see, one of the reasons I realized that why people may own the ark of God in their house, in their office, in their business centers, and not be blessed is because they don't have the right attitude. You know, fellowship is started by 5 p.m. People, you know, you do uh, uh, the oath. You are not yet ready. You are not yet ready. You are, you are, you are, not, you are not even arranging the chair. And Jesus has come in there. I'm looking at it, and you said, it's like this woman does not know that I'm, I'm here with him. Always know, always prepare to own Jesus. They are playing everywhere. You are letting them see everything you are doing. This video that you are watching, this thing that you are watching, by 4.30 or 4.45, everything stops. Jesus is going to be here, sitting with us by 5 p.m. So you prepare, you prepare. Dust everywhere. Dust everywhere. Why are you doing it? Because you have an understanding that where two or three are gathered together in his name, there he is in their midst. If you don't acknowledge him, he will not manifest himself to you. So you always have to acknowledge him. Have the right attitude for the ark. May you not be like Abinadab, who only has 
The only thing they have to show is that, oh, I have been hosting this act for 20 years. Do you know I have been a member of this church for 20 years? Do you know I was a founding this, I was a founder? No, may that not be the only certificate you have to show. May the blessing of God speak for you in the name of Jesus. So in this sin of self-replication, let's open our hearts, open our houses at the right attitude. Reverence Jesus. Because this act, this act, we usher in new set of blessings for you. Amen. Say with me, uh, the blessing will not pass me by. Shout a hallelujah. Now, this is breaking the yoke of barrenness Sunday. What is barrenness? Barrenness simply means to be unfruitful, unproductive. To be unfruitful, to be unproductive, to be incapable of producing or retaining seed or offspring or offspring. To be incapable of producing seed or retaining them. To be incapable of producing seed or offspring. To be incapable of producing or retaining seed or offspring. That is barrenness. Whenever a man or is not or any situation is not able to produce or you are producing but you cannot retain, that is a state of barrenness. Whenever you start but cannot finish, you always start, cannot finish, or everything it does is not working out, that is the sign of barrenness. You conceive but lose it, that is the sign of barrenness. Hallelujah. Now, one of the things I want you to know today is that barrenness is no respecter of gender. Barrenness has no respect for gender. Oftentimes, when people hear the word barrenness, they think of a woman. But that's not true. It's not only a woman that can be barren. Man can be barren too. Business can be barren. Marriage can be barren. Family can be barren. Career can be barren. Business can be barren. Academic can be barren. Barrenness is not only a fruit of the womb that has to do with woman. Barrenness has no regard for sex, whether male or female. Are you with me? Deuteronomy chapter 7, Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 12 to 15. Look at what the Bible says. Wherefore it shall come to pass, if ye hearken to the judgment, and keep and do them, that the Lord thy God shall keep unto thee the covenant and the mercy which he swear unto thy fathers. Verse 13. And he will love thee, and bless thee, and multiply thee. He will also bless the fruit of thy womb. Now look at it now. He will bless the fruit of thy womb, and the fruit of the land. So you see that it's not just the fruit of the womb, but there's something called the fruit of the land. There's a daikon and the wine and the oil. The increase of that kind and the flocks and the sheep. So it's talking about their business, their career. So it says it will also make your career, your business. And those things you are doing, he says it will also make them fruitful. He says it will bless them. Look at it. In the land which is swear unto thy father to give thee. Verse 14. Thou shalt be blessed above all people. There shall, be, there shall not be male or female barren among you or among your cattle. 
There shall not be male or female barren among you or among your cattle. It means a business can be barren. Because they are cattle raiders, they are axe men. They are axe men, they are people that mostly they are mostly engaged in rearing animals. That is their business. So he said there shall not be male or female barren, nor their cattle. In other words, your business is not permitted to be barren. So barrenness is not only about the fruit of the womb. Barrenness can, is, it can cross, cut across several aspects of one's life. Is somebody with me? And we put none of the evil disease of Egypt which thou knowest. No, let's read verse 15. And the Lord will take away from thee all sickness and will put none of the evil disease of Egypt which thou knowest upon thee, but will lay them upon all them that ate thee. In other words, no disease is permitted to keep you from bearing fruits. He said, no condition, no disease, no disease is permitted to keep you barren. No disease, no sickness, no disease, no sickness. So disease can cause barrenness. Sickness can cause barrenness. In fact, barrenness is a disease before the law. Barrenness is a form of sickness before the Lord. But the good news is that we have a healer. I said we have a healer. Jesus remains our healer. Hallelujah, somebody. Now, why is it that no biological or medical verdict can keep you from being fruitful or can keep you barren? Because God designed man to not just be fruitful, but to be extremely fruitful. Man was designed to be fruitful, not to be barren. Now, you see, I'm a computer technician by profession, what we call computer engineer. I did computer science in school. Computer, every computer that is built, has what we call hardware specification. The hardware specification is tells you what that computer is capable of doing. So for instance, every, every computer you see always has what we call address specification. Now it is this address specification that tells every computer technician what this computer it can do, how far it can go if they start to use it. So what happens is that every manufacturer of computer always have something in mind when they are designing the computer. So a computer that is designed for gaming, a computer that is designed for graphic, is different from a computer that is designed for word processing. Maybe to just type to browse. A computer that is designed for game always has some special features in it so that it can fulfill that purpose. Because game demands what we call GUI, graphic user interface. It demands a lot of graphics. Meanwhile, typing alone does not demand graphics. But when you want to use a computer to play game, or is built for play game, or high-end graphics, to design graphics and whatever 3D animation, that computer must have 
what we call gratis card. And that gratis card must have its own memory that is different from the regular memory that the computer has. And the manufacturer always bombard it with more memory. In fact, the more RAM or the more memory that gratis card has, the more power that computer can produce when those graphics are being demanded. Now, that is a manufacturer designing something to meet a specific purpose. That this computer, this is the purpose why it, what that is meant for. So you hear a computer saying that, oh, it's called i5, or it's called i7, it's called i9. Then you hear them say, oh, the graphics card is 8 gigabytes. And you hear them, oh, the system memory is about 32 gigabytes. Uh, and the hard drive is about one terabyte. All they are talking about is that this computer is designed with something in mind. Listen to me. When God designed human being, He designed human being with a particular specification for a particular purpose. Human being, when God was creating human being, the hardware configuration of human being, the hardware specification of human being was to solve the purpose of barrenness. Every human being was designed to solve barrenness. That is why in Genesis chapter 1, verse 22, the first blessing God released upon man when man was created was be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Those three key words tells you the, 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 the architectural design of man. It tells you what God had in mind when he was creating human beings. It tells you the mindset of God that this hardware called human being must be able to solve the issue of barrenness. So God did not say have money. God did not say ask you. God did not say ask her. But God said, looking at the creation he has made, he said, be fruitful. Multiply. Replenish the earth. Be fruitful means to be productive. Be fruitful means to bring forth. Be fruitful means to begin to bear fruit. Multiply means to increase greatly. Multiply means extreme fruitfulness. Multiply means to advance. Replenish means to fill. Fill. Anywhere there is vacuum, fill it. Anywhere there is vacuum, fill it. Anywhere there is vacuum, fill it. Then he gave them another two other blessings. He says, subdue the earth. Subdue the earth. Subdue the earth. The word subdue means to cross. To overpower. To overpower. Subdue. That is the graphic card of human being. <laughs> you see, when God created human being, He did not just design him to be fruitful. He did not just decide him to multiply. He did not decide him alone to replenish the earth. He said, I know that as you are going to carry on this mandate, there will be something that wants to resist you. There will be something that wants to stop you. There will be something that wants to say you will not be fruitful. There will be something that wants to fight you. He said, now I have also given you the power to 
will what? Subdue, crush it, overpower it to day in this service. Whatever has been into your fruitfulness, whatever has been into you feeling, whatever has been into your multiplication, you are rising to subdue it. I said you are rising to subdue it. I said you are rising to subdue it. In the name of Jesus. So they are subduing. Ah, you are not, you are not getting it. See, me, I am subduing. The fruitful to be very productive. Multiply to increase in number. Replenish to fill, to top up, to refill. Subdue to conquer, to cross, to overpower, to sink. And the last blessing said, have dominion. Have dominion. To have dominion simply to rule. To do exploits. To rule. To do exploits. To rule. To do exploits. Do you see the hardware configuration of man? No, do you see who you are? This is who you are. I said, this is who you are. I said, this is who you are. You are a ruler. You are a cluster. You are a filler. You, 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 you are a replenisher. You are, you are, you are, you are, you increase extensively. And you have the power to be productive. Anything contrary to this in your life is defiling God's purpose for your life. Ha ha. Is somebody with me? Anything contrary to this is what? Defiling God's purpose for your life. You are not meant to, to be barren by configuration. So you can imagine a computer that has four i9 processor, that has 32 gig RAM, that has 8 gig graphics card, struggling to open current draw is an embarrassment. It's an embarrassment. Sister Messi, you are into Gaza, am I right? Ah, with all this capacity, you cannot open a, 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 a graphic application like current draw, and when you load the current draw, you are hanging. You lose maybe a software like Adobe Premiere. You are struggling with Adobe Premiere. That computer is a misfit. Something is wrong. It's not normal. We can see the manufacturer. It's either it's a fake computer or something is not right. We call it faulty. We have to troubleshoot it. It's not normal. When you are not bringing forth, don't accept it as a normal thing. When you are not getting products, don't accept it. When your life is crawling, you thought this it fails. You thought that it fails. You keep moving in circle. Don't accept it. It is not what? Normal. That is not what God designed it to be. That is not who God designed you to be. Is somebody with me this morning? No, is somebody with me this morning? Oh, I can't feel you. Is somebody with me this morning? So one thing I want to know today is that barrenness is an attack of the devil. Take it that way. Barrenness is an attack of the devil in your life so that you don't fulfill God's purpose. Barrenness is a direct assault of the devil. To frustrate God's mandate for your life. Barrenness is an, is an assault, an oppression of the enemy. So that you don't fulfill God's agenda for your life. Don't accept it. Repel that attack. Are you with me? Genesis 3 verse 1. When after God made man, look at what happened. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. 
which the Lord God had made. And it said unto the woman, Yea, our God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. So you see, the devil came there to attack them. And by the time he was through with them, barrenness entered their life. They became unproductive. Their life became frustrated. But that was not what God designed them for in Genesis 1. In Genesis chapter 2. Chapter 3 was when barrenness entered into the race of man. Man was not bad designed to be barren. It was the attack of the devil that made man to begin to be barren. So listen to me. Now you know where the thing is coming from. You are rising above it today. I said you are rising above it today. Look at it again. Exodus chapter 23 verse 26. Exodus 23 verse 26. New KJV. New King James version. Look at what it says. No one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the numbers of your days. So no one shall suffer miscarriage. You cannot be saying today you rise, tomorrow you fall. That's miscarriage. Today you are laughing, tomorrow you are in sorrow. That is miscarriage. God's word says, no one shall suffer miscarriage. Today, any area of your life you have been suffering miscarriage, today you are coming out of it forever in the name of Jesus. No one shall suffer miscarriage. Nor be barren in the land. How do you destroy the yoke of barrenness? How? To destroy the yoke of barrenness. Number one, you must be born again. You must be born again. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. Who have delivered us from the power of darkness and have translated us into the kingdom of his dear son who have delivered us from the power of barrenness who have delivered us from the old of barrenness and have translated us into the kingdom of fruitfulness into the kingdom where there is no miscarriage no more barrenness you see when Jesus came the Bible said there was a transfer. That transfer was that he moved us from one kingdom to the other. From one zone to the other. The Bible says he had translated us from the kingdom of darkness. You shall not be barren again. Amen. I said you shall not be barren again. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17. Therefore if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. The devil could not rob man of his truthfulness until he made man to sin. The devil could not rob man of his mandate to be fruitful, of his mandate to multiply, of his mandate to replenish the earth until he first robbed man of the grace of righteousness that was conferred upon him. It was sin that opened the door to the devil. And sin took away immediately two things. It took away his dominion and it took away his power to subdue. 
Now, when those two were taken away, his attack was taken away, his defense became useless. The first born form of defense is a what? Attack. The attack mandate of man is to subdue. The attack mandate of man is to have dominion. So when the devil came, when man was supposed to subdue the devil, when man was supposed to rule as a size authority to put the devil where he belonged, he did not do that. And the devil got man to sin. So he took away replenishing power. He took away the power to fill the earth. He took away from him the power to be fruitful. But in Christ Jesus, Jesus said, Behold, I give unto you power to trample upon serpent and upon scorpion and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you as you exercise your dominion as you exercise your, as you exercise that authority he said nothing shall by any means hurt you say with me I don't take an ultimate say it loud are you with me so salvation empowers you to reign to, 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 to subdue that serpent that Adam and Eve failed to subdue. So it remains the gateway to fruitfulness. It remains the gateway to fulfilling your mandate as a child of God. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 12 says, Wherefore it shall come to pass, if you shall hearken to this judgment and keep and do them. That the Lord thy God shall keep unto thee the covenant of mercy, and that he swear unto your father, and he will love thee and bless thee, and multiply. So you see, obedience, which is what you approach when you surrender your life to Christ, you begin to do the things that please God, empowers God to bless your life. Obedience to the commandment of God, empowers God to do what? Bless your life. Today you are going to enjoy new realms of blessing. I say in this service you are going to start enjoying new realms of blessing. Somebody say that is who I am. Say that is for me. Say it loud and clear. Say it loud and clear. I say say it loud and clear. It is time to allow Jesus to reign in your life. Your season of barrenness is over from today. So it begins with new life. It begins with new life. If any, if you, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you shall bring forth much fruit. You shall bring forth much fruit. You shall bring forth much fruit. So fruitfulness is connected to the new life we have in Christ. Fruitfulness is connected to the new life we have in Christ. So people think that well, when we say be born again, it's about, oh, now just going to church. Being born again simply means now having a relationship with God, taking back your mandate in Christ. Having a relationship back with God, taking back your mandate in Christ. That mandate that the enemy stole, now is be now being, you are now receiving it back through Jesus Christ. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. The curse of barrenness. The curse of barrenness. Galatians 3.13 Christ has redeemed us from the curse. From the curse. From the curse. 
today, every curse of barrenness afflicting your life is broken by the blood of Jesus. The second key to destroying the yoke of barrenness is exercising your faith. Exercising your faith. The exercising of your faith. You see, in Romans chapter 12, verse 3, the Bible says, And be not conformed to this world. Romans chapter 12, verse 3b. Are you there? For I say through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. According as God had dealt to every man the measure of faith. According as God had dealt to every man the measure of faith. So at new birth, God gave you faith. At new birth, God gave you what? As a believer, what do you have? Tell me, I have faith. Say, I have the faith of Christ. In me. Tell me I'm a man of faith. Oh, are you still you are why are you afraid to say it? No, why are you afraid to say it? Say I'm a man of faith. Say I have the faith of God in my life. So according as God has dealt to everybody the measure of faith. So you ask so the problem is that it's not that you don't have faith. The problem is that you are not exercising your faith. If you don't have big muscle, it's not because you don't have muscle, but because you are not exercising your muscle. Is there any human being that does not have muscle? No. Have you seen a human being that says, I, I don't have muscle? So you say, oh, the reason why my muscles are not coming out is because I don't have muscle. Is that what you will say? No, you have muscles, but you are not exercising those muscles. If you want your muscles to grow, you must what? Exercise them. That is why God called that servant who did not exercise, use that one talent. You are a wicked and unfaithful servant. Instead of you to go and bury it, just use it. Leave the rest for God. Your faith is meant to produce results. But you must begin to exercise that faith. Your faith is meant to produce results. Until you exercise your faith, you cannot produce results with your faith. So, John chapter 5, verse 4. This, for whatever is born of God, overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. For whatever, first John five four, for whatever, first John five four, for whatever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the I said first John five four. If you are deaf, listen well. First John five four, for whatever is born of God, for whatever is born of God, overcometh the world. God did not make you to be a, to be defeated by the devil. He made you so that you can be, you are an overcomer already. In other words, before you enter into the fight, you are already been declared a winner. So what you are just saying is that don't go and fight for this play. Go and fight for this play. The result is that you have been declared a winner. 
Whosoever is born of God, the Bible says, it does what? Overcoming the world, you are already what? And we say, I am a winner before I fight. Say, I have won before I lift my hand. Is somebody you are not? Is somebody with me today? Whatever is born of God cannot be a loser. You can never lose. If you are losing, it's because you are not exercising your faith. If you find yourself on the losing side, it's because you are not doing what? Exercising your faith. It is the exercising of your faith that guarantees your victory. Say, I hear you. I hear you. Say with me, I can never lose in my life again. Say, I am not a loser. Say, you see, even the way you are saying it, you are not talking as, as though you know who you are. Say, I am not a loser. I can never lose in my life. Because I am born of God. Whatever is born of God, the Bible says what? Overcome the world. Overcome barrenness. Overcome sickness. Overcome financial lack. Overcome joblessness. Overcome unproductiveness. Overcome every attack of the enemy. Tell that devil I have overcome you already. Say, tell that devil I have overcome you already. Say, tell that sickness I am an overcomer. Tell that barrenness I have overcome you already. Hallelujah! I am an overcomer. Why? Because I am born of God. I have the bloodline of God. I have the nature of God. Can you imagine the devil defeating God? No, can you imagine the devil defeating God? God and the devil enter the ring and the devil is losing the hand that he has won. Is it possible? Is it possible? So can the devil then defeat anyone with the DNA of God? If the devil is defeated, then let's go and tell who is your father. Who is your father? Who is your father? Now you know who you are. I said, now you know who you are. I said, now you know who you are. Whosoever is born of God, overcome the world. Now listen to me. I want you to say this. There are two laws. How many laws? Now, what are the things that you need to exercise your faith? I want to teach you how to exercise your faith. Number one is renew your mind. I will now talk about the two laws. Renew what? Your mind. Renew your mind to know who you are in Christ. Renew your mind to tell yourself and that you cannot be defeated. Renew your mind from the mentality of a defeated person to the mentality of a victorious person. Renew your mind. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12 verse 2. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you must know that Jesus has done it all for you. You cannot be defeated. Renew your mind. Renew what? Your mind. Renew your mind. Renew your mind. It is not God's responsibility to renew your mind, it is your responsibility. God will not renew your mind for you. You are the one that will renew your mind. You have to go after the word of God to renew your mind. Your greatest enemy is what you don't know. Your value is determined by what you do. That is why a great man does not give, they don't give a great man, a great man, official car and some privileges. Why? Because he knows less. 
I am here to see a gate man that is being given private jet before. I am here to see one. That you are a gate man that are giving you private jet. But don't be surprised when an MD has a private jet. Your value is determined by what you know. That is why when the devil wants to render a man useless, he tampers with his mentality. He tampers with his mentality. It makes you think in a certain way. Now, the more you think outside of God's word, the lesser your value becomes. That is why when they are counting people in census, they don't go to asylum to count madmen. Madmen are not given the right to even vote. Because according to the law, they are valueless. What is it, what is it that makes them to be valueless? Because their mind is not working. Any time a man's mind is not working, his value depreciates. Any time the mind of a man is not working, his value does what? Depreciates. And it's okay depreciating until he becomes valueless. In fact, when he talks, they say, don't mind him. Don't mind him. You know what? Don't pay attention to what he's saying because his mind is no longer working. Don't pay attention to what he's saying. Because his mind is no longer working. So when someone's mind is not working, his value becomes useless. Even if he's talking, he said, don't mind him. His mind is not working. Now, they are canceling people for election. They said, don't go and cancel for vote. They don't come. People in the during the census. They said, because their mind is not working. When is the time to vote? He said, don't go and give him card because his mind is not working. We don't know who to vote for. So you don't see them giving a, a madman voter card. Whatever wants to make your mind useless, you are rising above it. Listen to me. Your value in the kingdom of God, you are where you are as a child of God because of what you do. You are where you are because of what you do. If you want to change your level from where you are to a higher level, you must know more things. The more you know, the more you engage in your promotion. In fact, your knowledge is your promotion exam before God. Each time you acquire more, more knowledge, each time your level changes. The more knowledge you have in God, the more you are engaging in promotion. So every time you soak in the word and your mind is being transformed, that is when your level begins to change. It is not prayer that changes your level. It is knowledge that changes your level. It is not prayer that changes your level. It is what? Knowledge. They transform. Change your level by the renewing of the mind. So as a child of God, you cannot send your mind to the gutter and expect God to change your level. Because you, you cannot commit more to a man of ignorance. He said, my people enter into captivity because they don't know anything. They are famished because they don't know. Today you are coming out of every captivity. Amen. So you want to break the old of barrenness. You must know how to exercise your faith. And how do you begin to exercise your faith? Number one is to renew your mind. Go for knowledge. Go for knowledge. I never began to make one cover from computer until I know what it means to, to interpret the problem that I see when computer develops problem. And by knowing what those problems are and being able to solve them, then money began to come to me. So the first 50 copper did not come to me until I began to exercise my knowledge in solving problems related to what I know. 
The day I began to exercise knowledge in that area, the money now says it is time to come to me. It is time to come to me. Money began to exchange in several hundreds of thousands from the hand of people to me because I began to exercise knowledge. They built computers for me and I hear the sound. Papa, Papa. Italy, I know that true sound, what it meant. I hear three sounds. Papa, I know what it means. I won't tell you so that you don't know how to use it. I hear a sound. You, you call it a sound, but that unending sound. Popo, the two sound is different from three sound. The three sound is different from the unending sound. I laugh. The person is sweating. Me, I am laughing. Because I know already what the problem is. And when I solve that problem, what happens? A goal happens. Promotion comes. Do you understand? And I spent more money upgrading that knowledge. Because I know that my destiny is tied to what I do. Listen to me, child of God. The era of taking God's word for granted should be over for today. Amen. You want to defeat violence, it begins with the place of knowledge. It is knowledge that will renew your mind. You see, can going from one prophet to the other, complaining that something is not working. And it's because you don't get it. The person who brought the computer to me will be sweating because she doesn't know the meaning of what is working. You can only interpret that problem by what you know. You can only interpret that problem by what you know. By what you know. Get to the job. Get to the job. Some of you have never listened to one message that is preaching church this year. After service, ah, listen. The message you listen to one can only profit you to the extent of five percent. So you have ninety-five percent still left for you. The message you listen once to, as maximum you can get from it is what? Five percent. I preach to you in the service today. No matter how blessed you are, you have only gotten five percent. The remaining ninety-five percent will be where you then go back. Give me that message. You subject yourself to it. And you listen and they listen to it, then you begin to draw only out of the rock. There are some things you will hear and you say, Oh, was I in that service? Do you know why? Because the Bible says, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. You must yet and rehear to develop your faith. Then the transformation will come. So don't wonder if you have been in church for so long and nothing is changing. Because 5% is what you have been using. You have left the 95% unused. 5% is what you use every Sunday. 95% is there for you. That 95% is only going to be for those who are ready to pay the price. Those who are ready to pay the price. Those who are ready to pay the price. No one pass an exam by just listening to a lecturer once. No one imagine a distinction in any field by only listening to a lecturer once. You have to go back after the lecturer. Listen to what the lecturer has said. Go and do further study in that area. Do you know something? It is an embarrassment for a child of God to be hungry, to be begging for food. Genesis chapter 1, verse 23. When God created man and gave him all the things, the next problem that God saw for man was food problem. 
Go and read Genesis 1 from verse 23. Say, I have given you the herb and the tree bearing fruit. Then verse 24. He said, I have given you, I have given you this one for meat, the best for meat, the beast that is calling on the ground for meat, and every house bearing fruit. So God saw food problem even before man became hungry. When I got hold of that truth, I said, I can never be hungry in my life. I can never be hungry again in my life. Because God has solved my food problem. So if you are hungry, it's because you don't know that food should never be your problem according to God's mandate for your life. Get to the job now and begin to dig into the word of God. Dig into the word. It will transform your mind. Is somebody with me? Is somebody getting me now? How many people are you getting in this five service? How many people are you getting? Now, will you pay the adult of going for the 95? Will you go for the 95? Ah! 95 is waiting. That is where the real deal starts. <laughs> Listen to me. There are two laws. If you want to exercise dominion over barrenness, you must understand the two laws. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 to 2. There is therefore now no dominion to those who are in Christ Jesus. Are you still there? For the who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So the first law is the law of the flesh. The second law is the law of the spirits. Then he went on to define it better. He said, for the law of the spirit of life. So the first law and the second law, if you don't want to call it the law of the spirit, you call it the law of the spirit of life. Or you call it the supernatural law. The other law, you call it the natural law. Or the law of the flesh. Or the law of sin and death. They, are, they mean the same thing. These are the two laws that are in operation. Listen to me now. In the kingdom of God, when it comes to exercising your faith, you must know how to obey spiritual law. You must know how to obey the law of life in Christ Jesus. You must know how to obey the law of the supernatural. You must know how to obey the law of the spirit. No one sees results until he or she knows how to operate this law. And it's the law you break that breaks you. Is somebody with me this morning? When it comes to exercising your faith, exercising your faith simply means operating your spiritual law. Exercising your faith means begin to put those spiritual laws into oppression. To exercise your faith means to begin to walk in the spiritual laws. Now you must know that in this kingdom the spiritual law overrides the natural law. Supernatural law subdues the natural law. It's the one that has the final say is the law of life in Christ Jesus. So whatever the devil has done, the supernatural law can undo them. Whatever the devil has, the law of the flesh has done, the law of life in Christ Jesus can nullify it. 
That is why today I'm saying, even if you don't have a womb, God can still cause you to conceive. Even if they say that there is no job, you don't have the qualification, God can still give it to you. It does not matter what the natural law says. The one that has the final say is what? The spiritual law. Look at it now. Anytime the natural law and the spiritual law comes head to head, the spiritual law always wins. Which one always wins? Which one always wins? Which one always wins? Yeah. Mary. Luke chapter 1 verse 31. The Bible says, And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. The one who does not even know a man yet, the, not, the spiritual law says, I don't need you to meet with a man. Now, by this word, you are conceiving. By this word, you are having a son. By this word, you are bringing forth, and you shall call the name Jesus. You know what? Start naming your child even before you conceive. The natural law says you can only name him when you have conceived. The spiritual law says name your child before you even conceive it. Conceive it. That is spiritual law. So you say, I'm, I'm going to have a child, but the name of my child shall be called Chukuma. Chukuma is on his way to me. The natural law will look at you and say, You are foolish. Where is Chukuma? Say, Chukuma is coming. 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 I always tell my children before I give birth to them. I always tell them. I always tell them. Even the last one before my, my, my wife ever had um, any scan to tell me the gender. I said, I, I called my son. I said, No. They, they to, there, was, there, there was a bed in the house. And they, they were trying to see. So my children and I, the four of us, said, what is, who, who is going to win? The guy said, hey, we are the one. Then the boy said, we are the one. Then uh, I told him, I said, any one on my side is the one that will win. And I thought I was joking. So I said, pick a name. So I said, his name shall be. Then they began to reason with me. I said, okay, let, that, let us call. So we began to agree on the name. When I named him, Whatever was there had to answer to that name. It is a supernatural law. I did not even think about it. Name it and you will have it. It's a supernatural law. You must understand that in this realm of faith, in this realm of faith, just as there is a law of gravity that says whatever goes up, must come down. There is a spiritual law that says whatever you name shall come to pass. It's a law. It's a law. It's a law. So if you don't begin to exercise your faith by opening your mouth to call for your miracle, you may never see your miracle. Some blind men came to Jesus. Even though Jesus saw that they were blind, but Jesus didn't get to name their miracle. Jesus asked, What do you want me to do for you? They said, That's with my sin. Then he said, Be it unto you according to your faith. According to your faith. Until you name it, you cannot have it. Name it. Exercise your faith. Let them laugh at you. Let them laugh at you. 
you realize that when God wants to give anybody a miracle, He always name it for them. He said, You shall have a son. He didn't say, You just have, you shall have a child. He said, You shall have a son. God did not say, I don't know whether it's going to be a male or female. He always name it. Anything God is going to do, He gives it a name. He said, Oh, they will be in a state land for 400 years. That is when the, the exercising of your faith starts. Because each time you name it, doubt will come. Oh, but you know what you talk. So you know what you talk. I stood here last year in my class. And I told them that, do you observe, those of you who were in my class, advanced class last year, you remember this incident. I said, do you observe that it, it, it has not rained on a Sunday? I said, 2020, this year it will not rain on a Sunday throughout. Because Sunday rain disturbs us. If it's going to rain, it will either rain far before the service or after the service. How many of you remember that thing when I was saying it? Or after the service, but it will not rain during the service. You see? Now, listen to me. If you play it safe, you cannot have it too. Playing it safe means, ah, be careful. Those who are not ready to disgrace themselves for God cannot enjoy the grace of God. To enjoy the grace of God, you must be able to enter the grace of God. This place safe will not deliver anything to your hand. If I say I should go and say it now, what if Metron it won't happen? If I say I should go and say it now, what if it will happen? You must be able to say, I will say it. If it doesn't happen, I leave it all to God, but it will happen. The reason why you have kept your mouth shut all this while is because you don't want to embarrass yourself. If you are not ready to embarrass yourself, God cannot raise you up. Be ready to embarrass yourself. I stood in that class. When after I made that declaration, the devil came and said, Oh boy, you are taking it too far. You are taking this one too far. That is not going to rain during service throughout the year. It's not possible. Well, anytime you have impossible, do you know what you need to say? Add impossibility plus Jesus. It should become what? Possible. You can always support I am by adding Jesus to it. So anytime you are in doubt, someone says it's not impossible. Just say in Jesus' name. Uh, once you say in Jesus' name, every impossibility will become possible. The solution to impossibility, the mathematical solution to solving the quadratic equation of impossibility is simply any impossibility for Jesus. The end result will be possibility. It is possible for you to marry. It is possible for you to buy a car. I don't know why, but when I said that was somebody just got married today. Oh yeah, I don't know. I'm telling you, I don't. I, I, it's great in my spirits. Start preparing for your wedding. Oh, start preparing for your wedding. And as I, you, you, the man will rush you. The last is from the Lord. Start preparing for it. It will come to pass. Somebody just got it right now. Ah. Exercise your faith. Oh my good God. I wish somebody can get what I'm saying here. I wish somebody can get what I'm saying here. For the law of the spirit, look at it again. John chapter 11. Look at the natural law versus the spiritual law. John chapter 11 verse 39. Now look at how it plays out. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said, now to the world, saying. Jesus was saying something. Martha was saying something. 
Now, what you are about to see is natural law versus spiritual law. You are about to see the law of the flesh and the law of the spirit. Two people stood at the grave of a man. And the two people were talking. They were saying something. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister said, Lord, by this time, is taken, for he had been dead for days. Martha was confessing natural law. Jesus was confessing the spiritual law. According to the natural law, the man is dead. According to the natural law, there is hopelessness for anything that is dead. According to the natural law, when something is dead, it begins to decay. According to the natural law, when something is dead, my God will take place. Oh, smell will take place. It cannot be revived. But the spiritual law says, with God, all things are possible. You have a choice. You have a choice. The power is in your hand. The next verse, verse 40. Look at what Jesus said again. But Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee, If thou dost believe, He's talking about believe in the supernatural. Believe in the power. If thou dost believe, You will see the glory of God. Now jump to verse 43. Jump to verse 43 with me. And when he had thought spoken, I told you, you always name it before you have it. When he had thought spoken, when he had said for the word, when he has exercised his faith by speaking, by declaring over that barrenness that I might have done four businesses and the four businesses I failed, but this one will not say like others. This one will succeed. I might have conceived many times and have miscarriage, but this time around, my baby will stay. This business will work. This marriage will work. I will get what I desire. You see, by releasing the word, it said, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth in this service. It is time to also call your destiny forth. It is time to call your children forth. It is time to call your marriage forth. It is time to call your business forth. It is time to call your job forth. It is time to call that addiction forth. It is time to call that wife forth. It is time to call that house forth. It is time to call it forth. We call it forth. Lazarus, come forth. And look at it. Something about to happen by 44. Verse 44, somebody. Verse 44, listen, move fast, my guys. And he that was dead, he that was dead, we are not saying he was not dead. We are not saying that you are not jobless. We are not saying that things are not working. But when the word of God entered into that situation, it is a game changer. Today, the game changer has come. He that was dead, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face bound with a napkin. Jesus said, oh, he said, he was dead. But I said, Jesus said unto them, lose him and let him go. He came forth. Today you are coming forth out of barrenness. Today you are coming out of that barrenness. Start your feet with me. Lazarus is coming forth. 
You are rolling away with the stone. Do you know what it means to roll away the stone? It means to exercise your faith. Exercise your faith. Exercise your faith. I believe somebody here. Maybe it's your business that is not bringing forth results. Each time you try a business, but somehow the business always fails. I don't know who you are, but God is addressing that business issue today. I don't know who you are, God is addressing barrenness in your business today. Marital business, you conceive, you have miscarriage. They propose, but they don't marry. You start and it fails. Lift your voice and say in the name of Jesus. Say with me in the name of Jesus. Listen, before we pray, let's give our life. Anybody here that is watching, because the first criteria is to give your life to Christ. You cannot exercise authority when you don't have Jesus. You cannot exercise authority when you don't have Jesus. Jesus is the point of authority. So first and foremost, you need to give your life to Christ. Or if you, have, you know that you are a Christian but you are backslidden, you are doing things the way of the world. You have gone back to the old ways of doing things. Jesus wants to save your life. He wants to make all things new. So I want to pray for you first so that we can, you can then come out of every barren situation. Because your land will bring forth fruit. I said your land is bringing forth fruit. Your land is bringing forth fruit. How I sense the anointing of the Holy Spirit here. Now if you want to give your life to Jesus, or you would like to rededicate your life to Jesus, just quickly place your hand on your chest. Don't let this opportunity pass you by. You are watching online. Wherever you are, you want to say, Pastor, please pray for me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to be born again. I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. I used to be a Christian, but I backslidden. God bless you. Oh, God bless you. I see those hands. Even online, I can see those hands online. Right now, say this words after me everywhere you are. Say with me, dear Lord Jesus, I come to you this morning. Just as I am. I acknowledge that I am a sinner in need of your salvation. Today, Lord Jesus, I come to you to save my soul. I come to you to deliver me from the bondage of sin. Today, I confess with my mouth that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and that he rose again on the third day. Dear Lord Jesus, please come into my life and be my Lord and my personal Savior. Wash all my sins away with your precious blood and please write my name in the book of life. Thank you Lord Jesus for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for helping me rededicate my life to you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Father, I thank you for all those who have prayed that prayer today. I thank you because all things are becoming new. My Father, my God, I commit this once into your hand that this salvation that they've received Will you, they will be rooted and established in your kingdom forever. Satan, I rebuke you. Take your hands off their lives in the name of Jesus. They have received the gift of salvation. Now they will flourish in the ways of God. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Shout Amen. We hope you have been blessed by this message. For more information, please stop our website at www.com. I'll just say that angel, may God bless you.